Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. And I hope you'll visit the website, Johnson's Air Conditioning. Dot com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen. Boo Mortensen up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. It is July the 20th, and on this day in 1969, at 10.56 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, American astronaut Neil Armstrong, 240,000 miles from Earth, spoke these words to more than a billion people listening at home. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Stepping off the lunar landing model, module Eagle, uh, Armstrong became the first human to walk on the surface of the moon. The American effort... To send astronauts to the moon had its origins in the famous appeal of President John F. Kennedy, made in a special joint session of Congress on May the 25th, 1961, when he said, I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal, before the end of the decade is out, of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. At that time, the United States was still trailing the Soviet Union's space developments and the Cold War era of America welcomed Kennedy's bold proposal. In 1966, after five years of working at the international team of scientists and engineers, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration conducted the first unmanned Apollo mission, testing the structural integrity of the proposed launch vehicle and spacecraft combination. Then, on January 27, 1967, tragedy struck at Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, where a, f- a fire broke out during a manned space launch pad a test of the Apollo spacecraft and Saturn rocket. Three astronauts were killed in the fire. Despite the setback, NASA and its thousands of employees forged ahead in October 1968. Apollo 7, the first manned Apollo mission, orbited Earth and successfully tested many of the sophisticated systems needed to conduct a moon journey and landing. In December of the same year, Apollo 8 took three astronauts to the far side of the moon and back, and in March 1969, Apollo 9 tested the lunar module for the first time while in Earth's orbit. Then in May, the three astronauts of Apollo 10 took the first complete Apollo spacecraft around the moon in a dry run for the scheduled landing in July. And night at the 9.32 a.m. on July the 16th, with the world watching, Apollo 11 took off from Kennedy Space Center with astronauts Neil Armstrong, Edwin Aldrin, and Michael Collins aboard. Armstrong, a 38-year-old research pilot, was the commander of the mission. After traveling 240,000 miles in 76 hours, Apollo 11 entered into lunar orbit on July the 19th. The next day, 1.46 p.m., the lunar module Eagle, manned by Armstrong and Aldrin, separated from the command module where Collins remained. Two hours later, the Eagle began its descent to the lunar surface, and at 4.18 p.m., the craft touched down on the southwestern edge of the Sea of Tranquility. Armstrong immediately radioed to Mission Control. The Eagle has landed. At 10.39 p.m., five hours ahead of the original schedule, Armstrong opened the hatch of the lunar module as he made his way down the lunar module ladder. A television camera attached to the craft 
recorded his progress and beamed the signal back to Earth, where hundreds of millions of people watched in great anticipation. At 10.56 p.m., Armstrong spoke the famous quote, which he later contended was slightly garbled by his microphone and meant to say, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And then he planted his left foot on the gray, powdery surface, took a cautious step forward, and humanity had walked on the moon. Buzz Aldrin joined him on the moon's surface at 11.11 p.m., and together they took photographs of the terrain, planted a U.S. flag, ran a few simple scientific tests, and spoke with President Richard M. Nixon via Houston. By 1.11 a.m. on July the 21st, both astronauts were back in the lunar module and the hatch was closed. The two men slept that night on the surface of the moon, and at 1.54 p.m., the Eagle began its ascent back to the command module. Among the items left on the surface of the moon was a plaque that read, Here men from the planet Earth first set a foot on the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. And then on uh, 5.35 p.m., uh, they successfully docked and rejoined Collins. And at 12.56 a.m. on July the 22nd, uh, it began its journey home, safely splashing down in the Pacific Ocean on July the 24th. <clears throat> so it would be several more successful lunar landings, but this is just a ma- an amazing feat. And considered that it was done, uh, it met the vision of President Kennedy back in 1961, an amazing thing that happened. By the way, the, uh, the, uh, it all cost about $24 billion, close to $100 billion in today's money. So uh, today, Bezos and his crew are taking off from Texas. I think it's going to be around 9 a.m. this morning. I think it's going to start be televised at 7.30 this morning. So we wish them luck in their venture out to outer space. Um, should be interesting. Well, U.S. stock futures pointed to a rebound today after the stocks got creamed yesterday uh, on concerns of the spread of COVID-19 variants and potential setbacks. Uh, to the economic recovery. Futures uh, tied to the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 0.7%, suggesting a reversal of the blue chip index that fell more than 725 points yesterday. Of course, uh, investors are getting concerned about the Delta coronavirus variant, prompting a reassessment of the economy's prospects. Despite this, the three major stock indexes closed down only around 3% from their all-time highs on Monday underscoring the strength of the rally that powered equity markets in the first half of the year. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, futures are up right now. The question is, is this going to be a dead cat, cat bounce, or, or uh, are we going to really see a rebound from yesterday's sell-off? Should be interesting. Well, Donald Trump victory in uh, the state of Texas during the 2020 election hasn't stopped a new bill from making its way through the Texas legislature to ensure that irregularities and other strange happenings that have cropped up in other states will not make their way into the next election. With a strong focus on election integrity and rising concerns over voter fraud, Representative Steve Toth has filed HB 241 in the Texas House of Representatives to conduct a forensic audit of the top 13 counties by population in the state of Texas. The so-called Texas Voter Confidence Act will be taken up when and if the Democrats who fled the House last week in the, to the state to do their jobs as taxpayers, civil servants, are dragged back kicking and screaming to vote on the bill. <clears throat> we need a forensic audit to uncover all the voter fraud, said Toth. Uh, prior to the special session, I met with constituents across the District 1415 in South Montgomery County. 
The Texas Voter Confidence Act is a product of those meetings and a direct request from the voters who sent me to Austin uh, who want to know more about the claims of voter fraud and, de- and deserve to have confidence in their elections. So this is such an interesting develop- development in my mind because Texas was clearly uh, a red state in the 2020 elections. But uh, many states are now wondering if they shouldn't conduct audits. We've seen New Hampshire uh, conduct an audit. Of course, the five swing states are conducting their audits. Uh, I'd like to see every state in the nation, quite frankly, conduct an audit just to reassure Americans that their voting system has integrity and there won't be uh, events like we had in the last election. And by the way, Georgia Speaker of the House uh, David Ralston is calling for a forensic audit after the explosive revelations coming out of the battleground state. In a letter sent to Fulton Election Director Richard Barron, Ralston specifically called for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to investigate the possibility of fraud in the 2020 election. Ralston cited the mounting evidence in Fulton County as the reason for the investigation. (coughs) Excuse me. And there's, you know, you've heard about all the fraud, but what's interesting to me about this also is the fact that uh, Vernon Jones, who's uh, running for governor of uh, Georgia, former Democrat, uh, changed to Republican, he said, I'm glad to see that Georgia Speaker of the House David Ralston and others are finally calling for a GBI Invest, that's the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, into the fraud being covered in Fulton County, uncovered in Fulton County. But as I have been screaming from the rooftops for months, we need a forensic audit in all 159 counties in Georgia. This statewide audit should be the people's independent audit paid for by taxpayer dollars and conducted by an independent, nonpartisan expert organization like Cyber Ninjas, the company now being utilized in Maricopa County. This should not uh, be done by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. I want, went to Maricopa County to tour the ongoing audit there, and it was professional, detailed, efficient, and thorough. Georgia voters are tired of this charade. Brian Kemp's GBI was asked to help investigate the election in December 2020 when it resulted in nothing, and now we are learning that there's plenty of clear and irrefutable evidence of fraud and errors in Fulton County, including mismarked tally sheets, missing tally sheets, missing chain of custody documents, and double counting of ballots. Let me repeat, we need an independent people's audit. That according to uh, to uh, candidate for uh, governor in Georgia, Vernon Jones. I think he's right. <clears throat> Let's get to the bottom of this and what happened on November 3rd. I'd like to see it in all states. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks in Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company visit johnsonsairconditioning.com also by life in naples magazine be in the know and stay up to date by reading life in naples the website is lifeinnaples.net coming up we're going to visit with kathleen pasadomo our state senator that more and more right here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music 
in a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Doing a lot of great things, including creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So uh, I'd love to get your reaction. We're finding out that this Delta variant is uh, now increasing the number of cases of COVID around the nation. And I'm not seeing much happening here in southwest Florida, but uh, any thoughts? Well, it's, um, it, it would appear that it is... Um on the rise, and the one thing that I, I haven't got a handle on, uh, we, for some reason we have not has been reporting them through uh, the um, uh, through the state, uh, and I've been reading in the paper, the question I have is who are the people that are getting the variant, whether it's people that have been previously vaccinated or people who are not vaccinated, and what are the age and what are the outcomes? Um, um, I, uh, at this point, I think our concern would be if it are, if people are getting the Delta variant and getting sick enough to go to the hospital, that's a concern. But I started to think about this the other day as I'm seeing the cases rise. If people are getting it and getting sick like they would with the flu or something like that and not uh, having to go to the hospital, is that the new normal with, you know, coronavirus mm -hmm. and is that something that you want to shut down the economy for, which we don't do for the flu. So, I, you know, I'm not a scientist, obviously, but I think we need to look very carefully to see who's getting it and what the outcomes are. Yeah. You know, I read a statistic. I don't have it here in front of me, so I, I you know, 
want to make sure I'm not making things up, but, but uh, that 47% <laughs> of the new cases are people that have been vaccinated. Yeah, and are they, and, 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 and so if they are getting it, the question is how sick are they? And yeah. if they're, um, if it's just like um, catching the flu, which we, you know, many of us get, uh, we get sick for a week and then we go back to, to work, is that the outcome or, or are those people getting sick enough to go to the hospital? That's troubling. I, you know, we need to be careful and study it before we either overreact or underreact. Agreed. So, uh, although, uh, and I don't have information on this, but my understanding is that uh, we're kind of, there are uh, outbreaks all in Florida, but not here necessarily. What I I mean is not uh, a big increase in the number of cases. I think that, um, actually, I did see in in today's paper, there was an increase in Collierly, Hundry, Glades County, but the biggest increases were in Miami-Dade, Broward, County, which you know is is typical yeah. because of the pop, you know, the, the large population. Um, you know, I I had thought that uh, particularly in Collier, most of our vulnerable um, population, vulnerable population, have been vaccinated, which is good. It would be troubling if you've been vaccinated and then you get it again, but but that may be a small incident. I think we have to watch it carefully. Uh, again, not overreact, but also not underreact and be in a position to respond as soon as we have more um, um, definitive information. And I think the governor will be careful about that. He's, he's very thoughtful, and you know, he does listen to uh, the scientists. Yeah, and my, my hope is that uh, I, I love the decisions he made up to this point so far, keeping the economy right. open, the schools open, and so forth. Uh, people can make good decisions. If you have a child in school and you're concerned about their health, you can keep them home or have them wear a mask or whatever you decide to do. Right. But uh, we can all make our own decisions and keep, uh, keep the uh, economic engine running, quite frankly, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I think there's a tipping point um, which we haven't reached um, where the interest of uh, public safety outweighs the individual interest. But I but that's we haven't even gotten near that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think we might we were at that point when we shut down for that short period of time. It worked. And uh you know, we'll see what happens as we move forward. Absolutely. So, Kathleen, uh, the governor's been signing bills and uh, putting things into law mm-hmm. even since, since the legislative session has closed. Uh, are there any particular bills that you'd like to highlight? Well, I, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, yesterday he uh, had the ceremonial bill signing for the Wildlife Corridor, um, which is a project of, you know, being the ability for panthers and other wildlife to traverse their formerly natural habitats throughout the center of the state. And uh, we put $300 million into that effort uh, to create, like, underpasses and overpasses. And and um, it, it's, it's going to be a real benefit long-term for the state of Florida for part of our uh, um the, uh, our tourism economy that we're doing this and, and to also to protect, uh, you know, the natural courses that the wildlife has traversed over the years hmm. without totally disrupting commerce. So, uh, so the, the uh, what is the connection with commerce? I, I don't, it's not quite, quite clear. Well, to me. you've got roadways going through 
the center of the state now, which is formerly the the, the path that the that the panthers and the bears and and the other natural um, species in Florida had traversed, that would that disrupted their their ability to uh, to travel to maintain their habitat, uh-huh. and we're going to create a way for us to live harmoniously. I guess is a good way to put it um, for. Uh, again, the overpasses, the underpasses of roadways, uh, so that we, you know, people can continue to travel, but also uh, make room for the animals. So they'll have, a, you know, a way to get from one side of the road to the other without necessarily that having to thing. crossing yeah. the road. Okay, yeah. right. Uh, that's that's it's great. Pretty cool. And, and you know, I look at the the state kind of a, um, you know, sort of a holistic approach. What benefit does something like that have? Uh, dealing with other things that are initiatives we want to do. Like I'm thinking, if we if we do have some of these natural areas, uh, I want to put in bike paths and walking trails and et cetera um, for you know, public access to some of these areas. Things like that. And you kind of look at them all holistically. And you know, where do we want to be ten years from now as a state? And that's just one of the things that's part of my thought. Thought process. Well, I like that, and uh, that of course would include uh, our water and uh, Everglades, exactly. And all those exactly. areas. Everything is connected. Absolutely. And you can't piecemeal it. You have to look at it, if possible, to look at it holistically, because everything that we do is connected to something else. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state senator. I genuinely appreciate your time here on the show, Kathleen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up. <clears throat> We're going to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. 
A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can get the app by going to the website choicesocial.us, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well, and today is the uh, big liftoff day for Jeff Bezos. Do you give all of these liftoffs with Virgin Galactic and and now Bezos? Do you give this any credibility or any uh, practical application? Well, I think think it's just rich boy spending money. Well, uh, this apparently is supposed to be uh, a many billion dollar business by the year 2030. In other words, uh, uh, space... uh, a tra- traveler commerce or, uh, you know, tr- visiting uh, outer space. People want to actually want to participate. Right now it goes for about $250,000, but apparently the price is going to come. I'm sure the price will come down as to get more experience. But what's, so it's, you know, what is this like a, another little extreme sport? You know, I don't know. You know, maybe they'll uh, get the sophisticated enough. You know, when you go on a cruise, sometimes they have private islands. <laughs> maybe they'll have a, a little spot on the moon. Private which, space station? <laughs> yeah. You go by and visit. I have no idea what it'll develop, but uh, it's all very interesting. To me, quite frankly, Boo, I'm so pleased to see. Uh, I It was a proud moment in United States history when we landed on the moon. Today's actually the anniversary when, uh, when we walked on the moon for the first time. In, it was at 1969, so it would. That was. A, I think we were all very proud, and we got beyond politics. It was bipartisan. It was all very interesting. To me, I think this, uh, and I'm happy to see it's in the private sector too. We're reigniting our exploration of outer space. Uh, yes, we are. Yeah, by the private sector. This isn't. Uh, well, I don't know how much government funding they're getting. They're probably getting some. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, Elon Musk is certainly, he he has the art of t- getting uh, cronyism, getting money. F- for example, for his automobiles and for the other things that he's doing, he's gotten a lot of money for that. So I'm sure he's probably figured out some way to get some government money for uh, for this uh, event as well. Well, for the rest of us poor saps that are earthbound, apparently we are all um, stressed beyond stress yeah, <laughs> because of COVID, politics, social media. There's a lot of different components that are kind of feeding into our general feelings of, of anxiety. So a lot of car makers are, this is a new market. This is a whole new market, huh. the stressed out. So they're calling this uh, the well-being industry. Now I'm going to give you an example of mm. what they're doing. Car makers. Like Lincoln, you can buy a Lincoln SUV, and this is what they now have. 
They have seats that offer massages, vents that offer refreshed air, sound dampening materials that eliminate the outside, and then, you know, when you get that because your seatbelt isn't on, Mm -hmm. rather than have that kind of irritating sound alert, now they are... Uh, they've got the music from the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, which is composed soft chimes. Because hmm. apparently the other thing is the beep beep is too jarring. Well, uh, you know, I think these are uh, improvements that should be made irrespective of how irritated and upset people are. <laughs> they sound like good innovations to me. What do you think? Well, it, well, I, I do, but there it, it's it's got a whole different marketing angle. It isn't like this is a better car. It's you're stressed out. We're going to provide you with a car that when you get in, you feel like you're getting a hug. I think it's good for everybody. You're right. But no, this is now an industry. Well, I actually saw And so, you know, years ago when people were a little stressed, you know, you drank tea and you lit a candle. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> now, uh, Pepsi-Cola has got a brand new so- a soda. It's called Drift Well. And it's blackberry and lavender flavored waters. And it promotes relaxation Hmm. and coca-cola is getting into it as well with their own uh stress-free sodas or you know helping and then the plant industry now there are all these different plants that they're marketing as is um uh, low very low maintenance and uh they're saying welcome to the world of stress-free plant parenting (laughs) because apparently the more plants you have the more relaxed you are yeah, I have a. Uh, you know what? It's innovation. It's capitalism. It's um, whatever floats your boat. Absolutely. Uh, back to the original premise, though, of more stress. Uh, are you feeling more stress these days? You know, not. I I have just just my lifestyle because I'm so crazy. I have so many, uh, you know, kind of built-in stress fra- uh, factors, but. Uh, in some sort of a way, yes. I feel that there is such a lack of cohesion between the races, and there's so much anger with critical race theory and all these things that they're trying to promote that's creating backlash and frustration and anger. Yeah, I get a sense that there's, you listen to the news and they're always harping and barking about something. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I mean, it hasn't affected what I do or my lifestyle, but. I I get a sense that everybody is just kind of agitated. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, I had a, a, a talk with one of my relatives yesterday, and I started talking about uh, making jokes about the fact that uh, uh, our governor, DeSantis, is uh, coming out with a line of products that don't felt you my Florida. Now, you're aware of that? No. Yeah, he's got, he's got coffee mugs and he's got T-shirts. <laughs> And he says sales are through the roof. Well, what, you know, to me it was—it's funny. Well, my my uh, relative that I was speaking to is, uh, let's say, not conservative, and uh, he found no humor in that. <laughs> and uh, I asked him. He he asked me if I had uh, been uh, vaccinated. Uh, he said, "Bob, if I if I had a chance, I would have taken the shot through my eyeball if I had to to get the vaccination." So you know. Huh. You know, just parallel universes, just living in different planets, I, th- I think. 
Oh, yeah. I, but again, I think that, that yeah, that you're a vaxxer versus a non-vaxxer. I mean, that's another polarizing yeah. uh, issue here. Um, a lot of people that, you know, we had a bunch of people over on the 4th of July, and my son came in with a DeSantis and Trump T-shirt. Uh-huh. And most everybody at this party was conservative. Uh-huh. One couple was not, and they they did not like it. They were very uncomfortable with that T-shirt, <laughs> with him wearing it. <laughs> Even though he's entitled, and they made their, 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 it was like, we're all wrong and they're right. It was bizarre. I know. I mean, how could you be unhappy about a T-shirt? Please, that is so absurd. I think that underscores the point you're making, though, is that we're all a little bit, we've got uh, things that can kind of tip over or, uh, or uh, fire up the uh, the stress, and it's it's just incredible. I was, uh, uh, I'm going to say I always enjoy speaking with this relative of mine, but it was disappointing that uh, to have that kind of berry of, 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 that we couldn't find humor in something that was, quite frankly, to be quite funny. Yeah, a coffee mug. Um I think that's where we've come to, though. I really do. I, it's just that's why I just don't turn. You know, I'm taking a, a time out from all the news. I I watch stuff online to keep updated with what's happening, but to sit and watch the national news, it just doesn't work for me anymore. Well, and and here's the thing too: you got to be careful about which news outlets you're paying attention to, because this is one of the reasons why we have alternative universes. Is the news that you're going to get in, for example, CNN and CNBC and these other uh, outlets uh, that are more progressive? Uh, it, they don't talk about a lot of important things. Number one and number two, they they stress the negative about anything that happens to be conservative or so forth. So uh, the the view of the universe, then, qu- frankly, from their viewers, is quite different than we might get from if we're watching Newsmax.com or, or one of the other stations. Oh, right. I, I think the news media, I think, that, you know, social media, you know, it's all, it's contributing to the polarization of everything. Like, let me ask you, are you excited about the Olympics? No, are you? No, but isn't that weird? Yeah, weird. It is so weird. You know, well, uh, it's kind of like a non-event, and then you know, so many people now are getting the COVID, and now Toyota <laughs> pulled out as a sponsor, huh. uh, and that was a billion dollars that they were giving to the Olympics. Um, I, I, I mean, that just seems weird to me. Yeah, boo. It, these are stressful times. I think I'll go buy myself one of those cars. <laughs> I know. You know what? Sounding, get a plant, get some of that soda, and, and get a car. <laughs> I always appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Thank you, Pooh. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. 
Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden, my wife and also author of Greetings from Paradise. Right now we have with us Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah. It's an aspiration. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pipe dream. Go ahead. Yeah, so you, you wrote a great column, uh, the Department of, uh, Department of Defense, 5G, want to lose something, China in something, have government do it. That was a great column. Tell us about it. Yeah, once again, government is screwing up national security in the name of national security. Um What's happening is, of course, you and I have talked many times about how the government has insisted time and again on trying to get into the wired Internet business. They've set up more than 450 attempts around the country, uh, local governments trying to be Internet service providers, and they fail miserably. Well, they're, they're not so stupid that they can't see the evolution of the free market. The free market, of course, we're getting incre- increasingly fast speeds. The speeds went up and the prices went down during the pandemic, which is, of course, is a, is a miracle of free market ingenuity. But the wireless industry is hurtling forward, and we're getting f- 5G, fifth generation wireless. You see ads all the time on yep. TV. Verizon giving you a free phone with 5G capabilities for switching to their service. And, you know, the marketplace is delivering us there very rapidly. Well, the government, and, of course, the speeds on 5G are are insane. It's going to be one gigabit both downstream and upstream. And the the upstream is particularly impressive because that's usually orders of magnitude slower than the downstream. Um, Downstream being what you download to your phone, upstream being what you upload from your phone, or your computer hmm. to the to the to whatever you know website or or whatever you you upload a video to YouTube that's upstream. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
the speeds are going to be incredible, and that's going to move us more and more to wireless because not only are the speeds demonstrably faster and better, you're obviously not tethered to anything. You know, there's no cable coming out of your wall and connecting to your computer. It's wireless. You can go anywhere with it. So the government, which has been trying to get into the wired Internet business uh, to compete with and ultimately eradicate the private sector wired Internet business, now says, uh-oh, the wireless industry is taking over and, and, <laughs> and dominating. We need to get into the wireless business. And bizarrely, out of nowhere in October, the Defense Department announces they're building a 5G network. And, and people like me were like, wait a minute, what? Why? Why? And the reason I wrote about it again yesterday was because they're now starting to deploy testing sites on Army bases around, in five different places around the country. And I wanted to again point out, we already have the private sector testing out the entire country as a testing site. The, 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 there's no need for the government to do this. The private sector is handling it 50 times faster and better. And, of course, their excuse is China can't beat us to 5G, <clears throat> which is a legitimate concern because the, the, the country that gets to the new wireless level, the, new, the next generation, first in the world sets the global standards. Well, that's been us. Every 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 new generation. Yeah. Um, thanks largely to a company in, in San Diego, California, named Qualcomm, and China knows this. China China had tried to have a cat's paw company, Broadcom, do a hostile takeover of Qualcomm two or three years ago as part of their effort to p surpass us. They, you know, if they can't beat us, and join us, right? They, so is so this anyway, is this effort? We are on the way to setting five G standards, which of course is a huge. It's more important than even all, perhaps all the previous generations combined because of all the additional speed, all the additional data that's going to be there because we're now talking about what they're calling the Internet of Things. And the Internet of Things, of course, is that your car talks to the road, which talks to the stoplight, which it's, it's all of these devices being brought online, so that's a lot more data. And therefore, we'd rather not have China setting standards on how that data is handled. Well, in the name of national security, the government is watching the private sector go gangbusters on 5G. And they're saying, oh, no, we have to build a 5G network. And, of course, they're slow and, and fumbling at it and all that. And they just announced their latest fumbling step um, on, on, over the weekend and, of course, you know, like I mentioned before, Verizon's doing testing, live fire testing all over the country. Um, and all, the, all the wireless providers are. Uh, T-Mobile, mm. you know, AT&T, all these companies are way ahead of where the government is. And, and live testing, not just on five Army bases, but all over the country all at once. So it's just, again... And, of course, one more important point, Spectrum is a finite resource. Spectrum is what we use for everything wireless. Right. It's a finite resource. The last thing we need is government competing with the private sector for the finite resource. They shouldn't be using it. They should be clearing it and getting it auctioned 
to the private sector if they want to beat China to 5G dominance. So the only thing I can think of that would uh, justify them developing their own system would be to, for the privacy and security of uh, their system. But it sounds like they're trying to develop a competitive uh, 5G system. Well, there's no, yeah, I mean, they're not working, I mean, they're not working in tandem with any wireless provider that, you know, in the private sector. Uh-huh. This is not in conjunction with AT&T or working in partnership with Verizon. They're building this unilateral thing. So are they going to be in competition with Verizon? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know what they want to ultimately do with this. Yeah. They're saying they're testing it for high security stuff. But my, my question is, who are you going to tr- at the end of the day, who are you going to trust to securitize things, the government or the private sector? The private sector, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to go to lessgovernment.org. A terrific website. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your very well-informed commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you as well. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She also writes a terrific column. It's called Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a performing arts center in downtown Naples. Visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Linda Harden, my wife. Linda, good morning to you. Good morning. Author of Greetings from Paradise. Of course, this morning. 
<laughs> little horse. A little horse? Well, <laughs> that would be like a pony, right? I know. <laughs> so uh, we were talking a little bit off air about uh, what's happened with this uh, escapade of the uh, Democrats running off in a, in a chartered plane with a case of beer or two off to Washington, D.C. to visit with uh, Cackles uh, about uh, the voting laws and all that type of thing. Well, as it turns out, uh, Texas legislature passed the law anyhow, so that accomplished nothing. They were trying to escape from having to, to vote on that or, or perhaps eliminate a quorum. Apparently they had a quorum and voted on it. Uh, but uh, the interesting development is COVID. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The fact that these these rogue Democrats decided to escape, run away from Texas on this chartered flight to the tune of $100,000 with their case of beer to go and sacrifice themselves, to use one, one of uh, their quotes. And now six of them have, by, by the way, let's just not forget that all of these Democrats that fled from Texas on the chartered flight were all double vaccinated. And now six of them have tested positive for the coronavirus. Huh. How did that happen, do you suppose? Was it that they were unmasked? Wait a minute. Why would they need to wear masks if the vaccine works? Right. Just asking a silly question. And now they're stuck in their hotel rooms. I would like to know who's paying for their hotel rooms. Oh, by the way, at $200 a pop individually. They're, qu they're quarantined in their rooms and and their compatriots are having to bring them food to their door because they can't go out they are in they are in self-imposed purgatory in washington yeah. dc and then uh Kamala said that she had a, just a routine uh visit to nih to just have herself checked out it had nothing to do with coronavirus yeah raise your hand if you <laughs> always have a routine visit to on a sunday to walter reed hospital yeah, i don't think so it's crazy just so interesting but it does bring to to point a, a couple of interesting observations I mean, uh, I've certainly read uh, sound uh, scientific evidence that their uh, masks do no good. In other words, uh, uh, it might reduce, uh, in a margin of error, two percent the chance of getting COVID. But those masks don't do anything to, to do that. So that's kind of in their defense. Number one, and number two, I read that forty-seven percent of the cases, new cases right now, of COVID hospitalizations are people that have already been vaccinated. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's so obvious now why why Fauci, flip-flop Fauci and and Charlene Walensky, who by the way, I can't understand how they can talk about this with a straight face since they've changed their stance so often. It makes your head spin. Um so they're 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 wanting to remask everybody now cuz guess why? They're losing control of the narrative. They thought they had everybody under control between the between the initial masking and then the vaccine. And oh, by the way, don't forget that both um, Plugs Biden and Cackle Kamala Harris said uh, early on that they would have no part of any vaccine. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to shove it down people's throat at warp speed, which, by the way, was Trump's Trump's term. Right. And and now they're saying, uh oh, it's not working. So we have to remask everybody. People are getting wise to us. So we have to remask everybody. And guess what? People have had it right well i i like i like uh governor DeSantis. he came out with this line i'm repeating myself because i talked about this on the show already but uh don't fauci my florida and, and his point is this look we're going to keep uh schools open he did he has schools opened 
in August of last year, in all all over Florida, the mandate was schools will be open. Brick and you know, parents can make the decision whether they want to send the kids to school, but all the schools will be open. We ended up with eighty to ninety percent of the kids in in school all year here in uh, Collier County, as well as other parts of Florida. And uh, some schools never opened last year. You know, can I just say this about this this virus? It people have lost. Uh, sight of the fact that this is a virus that's 99.97% survivable. Mm. Can you remember any time, in, at least not in my lifetime, when they were counting noses of who got the flu, who got bronchial pneumonia, who got SARS, mm. who got all these, they were not nose counting. By the way, no one even counted the flu of last year, and this PRC test that they use, which which um, is so uh, questionable that it that it shows that it picks up any little thing, mm-hmm. and then they they um, put it in the category of COVID. It is this whole situation is so corrupt. It just smells to high heaven. It does. It, well, it, it's number one. It's been politicized. It just makes you wonder how much political influence has to do with the reporting on public health. I have my concerns about what the motivation might be for some of the positions that Fauci has taken. He first said, uh, we don't need masks. Masks don't do any good. And that was, by, by the way, one of the true things that he said, uh, because science backs that up. And I've talked to several doctors who say the same thing. He says, I talked to one doctor who says, I'm not even sure it provides any value during surgery. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and now they, they want to mask up little kids again. When, when to, to your point, Fauci at the beginning of this said, children are not at risk for this right. virus at all. Right. And now they want to the mask up these kids. You can't keep a mask on a three-year-old. I'm sorry, you can't. Well, and, and, and oh, by the way, it, it, it inhibits their growth. Yeah. It, it, it makes them afraid. Mm-hmm. It's all about control. It is all about controlling the population, as scary as that sounds. Right. And uh, just to, to pile on here on the point that you're making is that uh, COVID initially... Uh, does does not uh, affect children as much as it does older people, but apparently now the new narrative is the Delta variant does affect kids. <laughs> so again, justifying perhaps getting them all uh, uh, shot up or what? What do we call it? I guess uh, inoculated. Inoculated. Uh, yeah. Well, so uh, uh, Flip Flop Fauci and uh, Charlene Walensky, the head of the CDC, are scheduled to testify before Congress today on this new. Um, a recommendation for mass on children. And like I said off air, I would pay money to be in the front row to watch either Rand Paul or Jim Jordan go after either of these people because they are so without standing on any of the stuff that they've tried to push. So I come back to the fact that, uh, I'm speaking only for me, I don't give medical advice, my goodness, I, uh, I'm not a doctor, but Everybody, in my opinion, should take personal responsibility for their own health and not trust uh, necessarily anybody in government, quite frankly, anybody doing anything, but especially public health officials. So, uh, Well, exactly. And you know what this has done? It stigmatized the fact that, that it's going to make people af- afraid of ever getting sick, of sneezing or whatever. It is totally... Um, it's totally put this this realm of fear into everybody in case, oh my goodness, I, I, I don't feel well today. I must have COVID. I'm going to die. It is just criminal what they've done. It's absolutely criminal. Yeah. 
You know, George Carlin put out a video. It was so funny, and it that kind of puts things in perspective. But he said, when I grew up in the uh, in New York, I used to go swimming in the Hudson River. He says, my and of course, what he's talking about is your immune system. You condition your immune system to protect yourself. Uh, exactly. Without without your immune system, quite frankly, we all be dead in ten minutes because of all the bacteria and the stuff that's in the air. Listen, God didn't make any mistakes. He He blessed us with immune systems right. to fight off anything that's out there. And and I don't I I I'm not second guessing God by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't I don't think that He blessed us with such a miraculous immune system that that um, He thought it was a good idea to uh, shove experimental Drugs, to, drugs in our arm. Yeah, see, here, and here's the thing, too. When we go to Mexico, you and I have both been deathly ill uh, from uh, drinking the water there, or somehow getting exposed to the water. Yep. One of the worst experiences of my life, I'll tell you that. But uh, what it points out is that some of the stuff is regional, you know, and that we learn to, pr- to protect ourselves. Our immune systems learn to protect us based on the, the environment that we live in. So, so to that point, and, and I know I've got, we've got to go, but um, Rashid Batar a doctor that we both hold in high regard, who, by the way, was on Biden's list to be um, deplatformed from any social media because he's been spreading out bad information. One of the things he said, which I it just sticks with He's not spreading bad information. No, he's not. But he was accused of it by Biden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But one thing he said was, and I don't know if you remember this, but he always drinks a lot of water. He carries a a big bottle of water with him all the time. And he says, do I get sick? Sure, I get sick. But I just let it pass through my body, let my body take care of it, and then I'm, I'm going to be all the better for it. My immune system will be stronger after it, and I probably won't get it again. I just think that's so important. For people to understand it, you, know, you have a natural defense, and if you have a, a suppressed immune system, certainly you need to take special care. But uh, live your life, my goodness. You can't live in fear and constantly masking yourself up and hiding and uh, trying to avoid uh, a virus, especially when we just don't have a lot of good information trustworthy information from, uh, from scientists. Just at the risk of repeating myself, to take something, an experimental vaccine, what, which, by the way, is not even going to be promised to be um, approved by the FDA until the end of next year, mm-hmm. if then. Mm-hmm. To do that uh, with a 90%, if that, um, efficacy for a virus that's 99.97% survivable. Right. Do the math, people. It is, it's just stupid. Right. Well, Linda, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but this has been a great conversation. I, know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining You're us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to continue our uh, discussion with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about uh, the difference between progressive and conservative judges on the Supreme Court. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and author of many books. And what makes humans truly exceptional is his latest. Always appreciate hearing from you. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast, or, or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.